Hello, welcome to the Arsenal way with the Arsenal not playing this week. We thought we'd do something a bit different. We're here with you with our team predictor show. And rather than predict the next Arsenal 11 for the next game, of course, we've got a little weight on our hands. We're going to talk through Arsenal's starting lineup for the start of next season. What we want to see happen during the summer transfer window, how we want to see Mikel Arteta overhaul his squad and who, should Alex Lacazette not sign a new contract, will be given the captain's armband. I'm Guy Clark alongside me, Bailey Keogh. Bailey, how excited are you to get into this? Yeah, I'm excited. We, I'm expecting a big summer uh, ahead of next season, so I'm expecting a few signings. I'm definitely expecting also a big shake-up, of course, a new captain. So it's good to predict and it's good to speculate who is going to be in a Arteta side for next season. I think one of the real intriguing things for me is we obviously we have our agenda series and everyone kind of gets involved in that. We do want to know your 11s as well. Do comment away in the, the comment box. We will be revisiting this, I'm sure, and we will really take a, a lot of enjoyment of seeing who you would want to see in your Arsenal 11. But often we get asked, of the, the current 11, what positions need strengthening should Arsenal move into being a real consistent top four challenger? We've seen it in spates this season. Whether we are going to finish in fourth place come the end of the season is still very much up for debate. But equally, what is then needed to push Arsenal further on? And I suppose with the teams we're going to put out, we're going to, we're going to kind of be elaborating on that and saying where we think that the, the fixes are needed. Yeah, absolutely. We shall see. I think we need, there is a few positions that need strengthening. I think, of course, we didn't do anything in a January transfer window. So that means, that only means that we're going to need extra players in certain positions. And sometimes I think we're going to need more than one player in a certain position as well. It's not just that position strengthening, it's going to have to be multiple signings. So it's going to be a very busy, busy summer for Edu and Arteta, I must say. Right, OK. Let, let's The suspense has been building. Let's get into the 11s. We'll go with yours first, Bailey. And we have put it on screen for, for those listening on the podcast feeder. I'll quickly run through it. We've got Ramsdale in goal, a back four of Lamptey, White, Gabriel and Tierney, Kessie and Partey in the midfield, and then Saka, Erdegaard and Martinelli in behind Victor Osherman in attack. So three new signings in there. You said you wanted Arsenal to get busy and they certainly will have to if they're going to bring in those and some high calibre additions as well. Absolutely. I think they're all realistic signings, to be honest. I think with Lamptey, uh, him and Tomoyasu will be interchangeable. I think those two will be competing for the right-back position. Me putting Lamptey there doesn't mean he's going to completely displace Tomoyasu. No, it just means those two are going to compete closely sorry, for the position. So maybe in smaller games, I remember the Burnley 0-0 game. I think Lamptey would have been perfect for a game like that, just to overload the right-hand side, just to give support to Bakai Saka. But in the big games, maybe away at Anfield, we bring in Tomoyasu just to, for some more defensive solidarity. So I think that position there that will be those two will be competing for that position but I think we need to bring in someone like Tariq Lamptey just to offer something different I like Tom Yasu a lot however sometimes I think he is a bit limited with going forward and I think bringing bringing in a right back who can offer more support for Saka on the right hand side will definitely be a big helper and I think of course with Cedric I don't think he's he can't really compete with Tommy Yasu, so we would need a right back regardless. And I think why not get a right back that can compete with Tommy Yasu rather than a right back that can just shoe shoehorn in and add to squad depth? So I think Lamptey was a big acquisition. And with Frank Kezier, Frank Kezier, of course, he's not expensive because he will be on the free transfer at the end of the season. Of course, we've got rid of Aubameyang. That means we have a huge wage bill and we can give it to players. And Kezier could be one of those players we give the wages to. He's recently rejected Barcelona, I believe, due to 
wage demands however I believe Arsenal could afford that and if you watch the Arsenal agenda so you know how much of a big fan I'm of Frank Kezier and uh, of course Hasimara and Renato Sanchez but due to the pricing and due to the other positions we need I'd go for Frank Kezier because he's the cheapest option also I believe him and Thomas Partey would create a dream dream pivot they would dominate midfield in the Premier League I promise you that those two in the midfield dominant, straight dominant. We saw in the Africa Cup and Nations as well how Frank Keze and Nicola Pepe linked up very well. So maybe that could give Nicola Pepe a lease of life if Keze does come in. So I'll bring in Keze and Party as a pivot. And then, of course, we've touched on Victor Osim Henry. has always been my dream striker signing. I think he's he fits the bill. He's perfect. He's got the perfect build. He's got the finish to match and he's still young and he's got, still got a lot to learn. And I think he really would elevate this Arsenal team. So I'll definitely have Gore Victor Osimhen as the big striker signing. However, I do think we need two strikers. So I bring in Victor Osimhen and then maybe a lower striker like Emmanuel Dennis, one who's just really cheap but can get you know can get Premier League goals as well. Yeah, I like the the, the idea of Osimhen at, at, at the top of the pitch. I mean I see what you're saying there, and I suppose actually you go with Kessie, it's a free transfer. Lampsy would probably cost a fair bit, and obviously yeah. Osterman as well would, would cost a fair bit as well. But I want to delve more into to Frank Kessie because I'm not, I have to hold my hands up, I'm not a Serie A viewer. Mm. I've, I've seen very little of him. Um, but he does have a very high profile. And I mean, you mentioned Barcelona, there's a certain team as well across North London who have been linked extensively with him and just wonder if you're kind of tipping Arsenal maybe to repeat a bit of a, a Tommy Asu trick of let Spurs butter him up and then all of a sudden Arsenal come in and steal him at the 11th hour. Oh, absolutely. I think that would just work perfectly. Tommy Asu, we saw the success we got from that and then Frank Kezio could get even more success from that from stealing from the hands of Spurs and I think he would be a good signing. Of course, he's in the Serie A, but bring him to the Premier League and I'm pretty sure it'll work. He is, though, I must say, him and Thomas Partey are quite similar sometimes in their style of play, but I think them together, they would still work. They would still work. I know there's been mention of Tielemans. Um, personally, Tielemans defensively worries me, so that's why I wouldn't go for him because I'm really worried defensively about him. But Frank Kezje does fill me with more confidence, even though he's better going forwards than he's defending. He still has a solid like, solidarity with him in the midfield. So him and Party would go really well. And as you said, there's an extra incentive to steal him from Spurs. So why not? And he's on a free. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Without sort of going into to, to my team, I'll talk through it as well. Actually, no, I'll save that point and I will go through through my team. Let's let's go, go into it. And my team's on screen now, but as I say, for, for those listening, and it's Ramsdale in goal, a back four of Tommy Asu. I've got White slash Saliba. I think it's important we talk about he coming mm. back to, to Arsenal in the summer. Gabriel Tierney as the left back. And then I've got a, a midfield two of Partey and Ruben Neves from Wolves. And then Saka, Erdegaard and Martinelli, area of the pitch. We're, we're completely agreed on the two of us with Isak, at the top of the pitch. And I mean, neither of us have actually put Emil Smith-Rowe in the side, which I kind of think a couple months ago, leading into certainly December and January, I think he probably would have been one of the first yeah. names on the team sheet. But it just shows the depth we have gotten. I suppose talking of that, it's the, the the addition, I suppose, and it's probably not wrong to say the addition of William Saliba. We spoke before we, we came on air, and I know you kind of feel of the same. And I yeah. know you had Lamptey, but my kind of thinking of and naming Saliba there is, is I was actually quite impressed with Ben White over kind of the latter stage of December when Tommy Asu first picked up the yeah. injury and White was playing at right back. And I actually think between right Saliba and Tommy Asu, you've kind of got that that right-hand side of the defence lockdown. I do take your point of maybe you want someone a bit more offensive moving forward and, and maybe that is somewhere to look. But personally, for me, I think 
the defence has gone over, gone through such an overhaul in recent times. Actually, you had one body there in Saliba and begin to let it kind of settle down, maybe mm. for certainly the first half of next season, and then maybe look to explore bringing additions. Do you get what I say? Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. I think, of course, Libra, he's played on the right-hand side. For Marseille, I believe, sometimes he's played three at the back and he's been on the right right side of the centre-back. So he can definitely play, on, play at right-back for sure. And, of course, White and Saliba, I think those two, I think they will be, be, be competing strongly next season. I think Gabriel has got the left-hand side of centre-back now down, left-footed, the lead of the defence. I think he's confirmed. But White and Saliba, I think those two can create a very good competition to see who starts. I think at the start of next season, White will, of course, Take that, take that role, but Saliba will get opportunities and maybe in those opportunities he could take an overstep on overstep Ben White. But we shall see. That will be an interesting matchup. Definitely, we know Gabriel and Saliba both come from League One, so they might have a have a connection between themselves already. But we shall see. We shall see how that goes. Yeah, I've got Partey and, as I say, Ruben Neves. I've stuck with a, a Premier yeah. League ready option there in the midfield. We're, we're both in agreement there that a central yeah. midfield player is going to be needed and, and neither of us picking Granit Xhaka. Maybe we'll explore what that might mean. But the reason I've gone with, with Neves as opposed to, as I say, I've not really seen much of Frank Kessie, so I don't really know exactly what kind of player he is, but I really want us to buy a, a, a deep ball progressor. Somebody who can get take the ball off the defence. I mean, White and Gabriel are both brilliant at bringing it out, but someone who's going to sit in there and really pull the strings. Now, for me, Whilst I think there is a, a kind of a, a hankering for, for Thomas Partey to, to be unleashed and be a guy who can get around the pitch and play passes, for me, I think he, he's best in the team for his physicality and he's best yeah. at breaking down the play. We yeah. saw it against Man City on New Year's Day when he just bounced around the midfield, just, just winning the ball back was absolutely tigerish in that. And I'd like to then see someone who's maybe got a bit more subtlety about them. I mean, Neves can, can spray... I mean, around the park for fun. And you kind of think of that if he plays that inside left channel, Saka on the right wing, just popping it over the top of a defence. I mean, for me, that would be kind of a, a dream scenario of, of mm. seeing that. I'd have reservations maybe over him, perhaps with the, the, the shorter passing game. Uh, he does carry a threat, though, with his long shots as well. And uh, I have to say, when the, the, the links first emerged last summer regarding Ruben Neves, initially I was a bit surprised but actually he's a guy also who's yeah. captain Porto from a young age and I think he adds to kind of that leadership that, that, that Arsenal do need. Yeah absolutely I agree I think I would have went with Ruben Neves as well he was very close to my uh, he's very close to Frank Kese to taking that position it's just the the last week the celebrations the digs at Arsenal yeah. I think it's less likely to happen now even though I wouldn't mind it happening still I think it's less likely to happen because you know how how uh, Arteta finds club culture important and the and the strong dressing room. So I don't know if you want to bring that in. I'm not too sure. But Ruben Neves, as you said, I think he would be excellent alongside party. As you said, he brings a subtle, subtleness into the side. He's calm. He can get the ball to defence, spray long balls. And he's also great at set pieces, not too much also. So he would definitely be a good side. I wouldn't be opposed to signing Ruben Neves at all. What about that midfield then? The wider question of the fact that, that neither of us have Xhaka. We expect Mohamed Elneny to move on in yeah. the summer as well. Neither of us have Lokonga there in the team nah. either. But do you think it is just one central midfield player that Arsenal need in the summer? Or actually, do you think it might be might even be two that they need in that time as well? And I suppose even with your choice of Kessie, do you see that even working as a midfield three of, of Partey maybe being the anchor? And we've seen Erdegaard of kind yeah. of that defensive now he's shown in, in his pressing in particular, actually playing as one of those two eights. 
Of course, this is why I put Erdegaard in in the first place with um, Kezier and Party because Erdegaard just offers more to Super. I feel like he can control the ball. He can. He's also a player that can receive the ball from deep and play passes as well. So Erdegaard and Kezier can sometimes switch switch roles. I know against Inter Milan in a recent Milano derby, Kezier played as a number ten. He didn't do too great in that position, but it does show that he can actually play there uh, at times. Even though I wouldn't opt for that, but that's why I would choose Erdegaard over over ESR. I think he's just more experienced and more versatile with his style of play. Even though I feel I believe in a, maybe in a couple of years time ESR would absolutely nail down the position. But yeah, as you said, with Shaka and Elneny both leaving, I think. You're, you're selling two midfielders. You can't really bring in one when you already needed a midfielder in January. That, but that does depend on the situation of Ainsley Maitland Niles, of course, and then Charlie Patino might be a bit more sure he might be ready unless that is unless we decide to loan him out. So I think that, that I think that depends really on what Arteta does with the midfield. If he does give on any a new contract, or if Sambi Lokonga, Maitland Niles, and Patino are available, then I wouldn't sign any midfielder. But if Patino goes out on loan, let's say, and then we sell Ainsley Maitland Niles, then I think it's a necessity to bring in two midfielders. So I'd bring in Kezie and um, maybe someone that's much more cheaper than Kezie. Well, Kezie is on a free transfer, yeah. but it's another cheap midfielder as well. No, certainly on the wage bill, cheaper. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. most definitely. I, I suppose like a Lukonga-like signing again, yeah. if you know what I mean. You yeah. get Lukonga to, to kind of step up to be maybe that third choice option, albeit he's kind of had to play that this season, but maybe not always mm-hmm. been ready to do that. And uh, yeah, maybe... Uh, bringing a, a, another youngster ready to, to to push through. But we'll have to, to wait and see. As I said, that kind of support line, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, not really a need to, to go into that. And the man I've got leading the line is, is Alexander Isak. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk around him. I personally would have liked to have seen Arsenal go and, go and pay the fee for the release clause because I think if he's the kind of player at 21, 22, you go and spend even that amount of money on. I get initially maybe there could be a lot of expectation on him and that would maybe hinder him and his development. Equally, we're looking at signing a striker who, in my eyes, in Isak, would lead the line for the next six to eight years. And therefore, if you're paying 90 million euros, I mean, you spread that out over the cost of, of eight years and you're actually looking at it being a pretty decent signing in the end, I mean, you look at look, look at Liverpool, the, the deal they did for Van Dijk, 75 million looked a lot. Now it looks an absolute bargain for fixing that position. And I think that actually is the way Arteta's built the squad, isn't it? We've seen the defence stabilised. We're starting to see a midfield pattern of kind of that, that five-man option in there, albeit, as we say, we, we maybe want another in that, that double pivot to, to, to come in. And the final piece of the jigsaw seems to be the striker, and just how important that's going to be is really going to tell in the summer. And for me, Isak, he's got that relationship with Erdegaard. And I think just a, a, another young free spirit there with those kind of guys linking at the top end of the pitch. I mean, yeah, it, it would really excite me. Next year, I really want to see more from Bakayo Saka in terms of his goal scoring output. Um, and I feel Isak with that ability to really help link the play. Uh, I know a lot of people have spoke about his lack of goals this season, but I think his link-up play would be absolutely instrumental in even helping the likes of Saka and Martinelli really get into goal-scoring positions. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think I would have paid the release clause for Isaac as well This in the January transfer window. As you said, we can get six to eight years out of him. I think that would be worth the transfer fee. I don't think there's a big difference paying it now or in the summer, six months later. I don't know what else he could prove in those five months, those short five months. So I think we should have paid it. But again... Arsenal, they have their reasons. And they said they wanted to sign a player they're sure of signing. So maybe Arteta has other options, but I'll definitely be happy with Isaac or Asim and both. I'll take both. Yeah, no, we'll have to, to wait and see. And then as, as what you were saying, uh, regards another striker, I think, yeah, a secondary striker is definitely going to be needed. And 
been really interested with Flo Balogun in, in his early yeah. stages at Middlesbrough. I mean, he played over the weekend against Derby. They won 4-1 at the Riverside Stadium and he got an assist in that game. But by all accounts, having watched the highlights, absolutely terrorised that yeah. defence. And it just shows the importance. I mean, I'd I, 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 not watched much of the U team and you hear how much he was absolutely dominating Fair in enough. under-23s. But when he played Premier League, he just didn't look ready. But now he's in the Championship. And again, he just looks like an absolute monster at the top end of the pitch. It does make you smile. It really does make you smile because we we worked hard to keep him, didn't we? Of course, teams like Leipzig and almost every other club around Europe are chasing him, but we managed to keep him, get him on a new contract and it's great to see him proving himself at Middlesbrough. And I think, of course, yeah, in the future, he will definitely be an Arsenal player. I think he'll be a backup striker and hopefully compete for the first team. I just think next season is too soon to have him as the only second striker simply because it is likely we'll be playing in Europe, whether that is the Champions League or Europa League, because the position we're currently in. So he, there'll be a lot of dependence on that second striker. And I think he, he still needs to test himself in the Premier League. So maybe as the third striker, maybe coming in sometimes as the second striker, I think that'd be good for him next season. Is there a chance you see is maybe try and go for maybe a more experienced secondary striker? Yeah. I'm kind of thinking if you had a <clears throat> you had an Isak out and out number one, yeah. And then you had Balogun and another. I've not got a name, unfortunately, to, to throw out there. But I mean, I would I would like to see um, Alexander Lacazette sign and be given a new contract. Definitely. I mean, it looks it looks highly unlikely, but I would love to see that. And then kind of you think in the hierarchy through the course of the season, Lacazette would go in to the season beginning, kind of the number two striker. But then hopefully by the back end of that campaign, Balogun has come up to the same level, if not overtaken him. And if Laka were to get a two-year deal, then you've, you've kind of got, for two seasons, a striking three that, that there really Lacazette can impart a, a lot of wisdom and knowledge onto. Um, and maybe hopefully see, see Balogun thrive and develop. And, and that, therefore, creates the room in the budget maybe elsewhere for really going big for the likes of an ESA. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think sometimes having too much competition isn't good, but if you bring in an experienced striker who knows his role in the team, knows it will be almost like a Divo Carigi at Liverpool. He knows yeah. where it is. He can come in sometimes and just play his role. That would be great would for us. Would you take him? Would you take him? I would take I'm, I tweeted out on deadline day. I was thinking, why do we not go for Divo Carigi? We know he wants to leave. I think it would be an excellent option. He's got Premier League experience. He gets goals. He's clutch. Like, he beat minimal price. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, he loves a big occasion as well, which... He does. Yeah. Yeah, be be very interesting. Right, before we go then, as I said, we do want to see your 11s. We will be keeping an eye on the comments section. But before we go, we need to talk the captain's armband. Now, Bailey, I'll put your team back on screen. You've gone with a defender. Who have you gone yeah, with? I've gone with Gabriel Magalhaes. Now, I said Gabriel Magalhaes when when it was first announced that Aubameyang would be losing his captaincy. I've wanted Gabriel, 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 Gabriel. I think he's the leader of the whole defence. He's the leader. He's even in the dressing room, he's a big influence. I know the big question mark is the language barrier. However, as the months improve, you can see his English is improving on the pitch. He's always communicating. So I don't think that's too much of an issue. And the only reason, for me, it was either Tierney or Gabriel. But the reason I didn't go for Tierney was due to, due to his injury issues. Now, I don't want a captain that's in and out of the side constantly. I want Gabriel, who's every game he's playing. He, if he doesn't play, that means he's suspended. He, of course, he come on the back of an injury at the end of last season, but I think he's got over those problems now and he's always available for selection. So I'd go for Gabriel Magalhaes. I think he's a future Arsenal centre-back. He's still young, but he has the experience. He's focal, he's solid, and he's our best defender. And I think it'd be hard to replace him. So I'd definitely go for Gabriel Magalhaes personally. Right, okay. He he wasn't anywhere near my thinking. <laughs> I mean, the red card against Man City on New Year's yeah. Day. Um, yeah, that that rashness. I I I I 
when you when you message saying Gabriel, I'm not gonna lie, it sent a cold shiver down my back. <laughs> Thinking back to when Granite Jacker was given the armband under Unai Emery, and you give it to a hothead, and I just don't think it's it's one of those. Yeah, my thinking was between three. Um, mm -hmm. I'll say the other two before who I've said I've, I've given the armband to. I very, very strongly thought about Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's a goalkeeper for mm. maybe the next decade. Um, and he's just got that personality that he's infectious. Um, he barks out the orders. Um, but I know a few people, I mean, I'm part of the goalkeepers union, so I'm always yeah. going to, going to lump for them. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I have to say that, that maybe we don't want a goalkeeper as the captain. The, the other choice I, I nearly gave it to was Martin Erdegaard. He's captain of, of Norway, I believe. Um, he leads the press. He's in a, a very instrumental position on the pitch. I decided in the end, not though. Um, I, I was very close to, to, to giving it to him. Um, but for me, it's Kieran Tierney. Um, yeah. You mentioned the injury record. Um, I don't think this year it's been anywhere near as bad no, as hasn't, maybe hasn't what we think. Um, and obviously, during a period of time out of the team, he was available. It was just Arteta was was preferring Nuno Tavares for the time being. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's Kieran Tierney, Kieran Tierney, absolute warrior at the back for Arsenal. Um, I believe maybe in was it the Sunderland game in the cup? Did he play that? Was he given the armband? There was one game where Lisa, yeah, he got given the yeah. He got given yeah. the armband, didn't he? Briefly. Uh, yeah. might have been a glimpse into the future. But yeah, for me, Kieran Tierney takes the armband. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say vice captain of the team I've got on the on the field there. I would say vice captain being Martin Erdegaard. But uh, that's certainly the way I'm thinking. That's the way I'm looking at my team. We've seen your team as well, Bailey. We'll have to wait and see how busy Arsenal do get in the transfer window. But from both both of us, it's certainly midfield and, and striker that are the, the priority areas. And you would just love to see Tarek Lamptey signed. Ah, oh, dream. dream. I've always said this dream signing. Imagine, imagine, guy, Tariq Lamptey and Bakari Sako on that right hand side. Just imagine the devastation that would cause at the Emirates like in games against Burnley and and just the smaller teams. It would create devastation. I'm telling you, it would be, oh, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. That's my dream signing. Tariq Lamptey and Bakari Sako on the right hand side. English fullback, English fullback, English winger, just destroying the right hand side. That's what I want to see. See, I would have liked it in the summer if we we'd brought in Tammy Abraham. We've signed enough duds from Chelsea that it would have yeah. been nice. We'd got Abraham off them and then eventually got our way to Tarek Lampton. Yeah, and, and then had kind of so two, cool. two Cobham graduates and a few Hailenders in there doing the absolute yeah. business. But that's all we've time for on this edition of the Team Predictor. As I say, do drop your 11s in the comment box. We will get to them. And as I say, I'm sure before the season is out and before the start of next season, we will be revisiting this. But with Arsenal not in action, we just couldn't miss out on picking an Arsenal 11 for the weekend. Do make sure to subscribe to the channel. Tell all your mates about it. You can follow Bailey and myself on Twitter. Our, our uh, handle's going across the bottom of the screen. And of course, if you are listening on any podcast uh, channel, do make sure to subscribe to the Arsenal way. And again, make sure to share it around. But from myself, Guy Clark and Bailey Keogh, thanks for your time and your company. And remember, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.